Hey, good morning. Welcome to another episode of AI Buzz. My name is Nick. Thanks so much for tuning in today. And really excited to talk more about artificial intelligence and machine learning. Let's get to it. So today, instead of covering multiple things, I'm going to focus on one really awesome story. It's not even so much a story, it's more just description of some cool technology that is actually being used by thousands of companies. Um, so in a way, it's telling many more stories than just one, but the technology is so cool that I needed to devote an entire episode to it to spark interest and let everyone know how awesome this stuff is and how it's going to really change uh, you know, the field and how it's being applied, things like that. So, there's a new, um, relatively new kind of type of model when it comes to machine learning that was developed in 2014 that really changed the game in terms of uh, deep learning. Uh, and what this is... A type of is generative AI. So when I say generative, it's less about trying to um, per, you know, predict a class. It knows what class it's trying to kind of predict. It's trying to reverse engineer it and create new data. So instead of going from Instead of going from features to labels, it's going from labels to features. So what it's trying to do, it's just flipping the process, essentially create data similar to what you're putting in. So you can see how this is a game changer because if you don't have a whole lot of data being pumped in, you could use a process like this to kind of fill in the gaps and some really visually appealing examples of this technology are uh, things like I've reported on before where researchers have uh, essentially taken a drawing of a Picasso, uh, an unfinished drawing that Picasso did that he ended up uh, painting over with something completely different. Uh, but they're able to find this kind of sketch underneath uh, this final layer of paint of something completely different. They're able to find it with an x-ray. And everyone always wondered, what what might this look like if, if he had stuck with that? So what they did is they fed a bunch of uh, thousands of uh, similar images and paintings uh, that he had done into this... Uh, type of model, and then said, create something, create something new. So we want to we want to create something very similar to what we fed in. We don't know what it's going to look like. Figure out something that's in a similar style, has all the same characteristics, but something that that we don't even really know what it means. We don't even know what it's going to look like. And this type of model does extremely well. It can be extremely difficult to 
tell apart what's real and what's fake. Obviously, like an art uh, historian would be able to say, well, he didn't paint that one. Um, but in many fields, there's a big demand for something that can kind of generate very impressive, uh, you know, new content, new new things that, um, you know, new things that kind of come off as being a part of the original data that was fed in, you know, and as we move towards uh, a world of artificial general intelligence, AI that just, it's not developed to be specialized to a certain task, a certain objective, it can um, kind of be generalized to be good at thousands of different tasks. Um, models like this are crucial because you'd need something that can kind of think and create new things on its own. So this type of model is called a GAN, a G-A-N. And to really explain this well, I want to talk about an example of really how machine learning and deep learning um, was done before this type of model was developed in 2014. So traditionally with deep learning um, you have features like I was describing. So if you imagine a spreadsheet, an Excel spreadsheet, you have a table. Each column of this table is going to be kind of a, a description, a feature of a mole that someone has on their skin. So the different columns for these moles might be um, measurements that doctors have done on the mole. Uh, so let's say some of the columns might be height, width, um, irregularity, color, things like that. And then each row in the spreadsheet is going to be a new measurement that these doctors have done. So there will be a thousand rows corresponding to a thousand different moles that doctors have uh, measured from different patients. And the columns are the different features of those moles. So traditionally, what is done is you'd have uh, dermatologists look at each of these moles and tell whether or not that is uh, an actual cancer. They'd likely take a part of the mole, a biopsy, and then just with 100% certainty figure out if uh, those moles are cancerous. So there'll be a new column added to this data, which is a yes or a no. Yes, it is cancerous. No, it's not. So in addition to all those features that we have in our columns, uh, we're going to have a uh, prediction column, which is a yes or a no. That's all going to be filled in. This is our training data set. This is what gets feed in, feed, uh, fed into a machine learning model. And so what you do is you take, you take this data. Typically, you'll clean it, do some pre-processing on it, and then feed it into one of these models. The model learns the relationship between the different features, so height, width, color, 
irregularity, it learns that relationship to the yes or the no column. And it comes up with some, it can come up with some rather uh, complicated relationships that it understands. And if you do it right and you have good enough training data, you can very, very accurately predict based on those columns if you were to look at an unknown mole that someone had based on those measurements and that model it could very accurately predict whether or not a mole is cancerous and that is called machine learning essentially so that last step you're feeding in um, that exact same table minus that prediction column so you don't know what the prediction is you want the model to figure that out um, you have this unknown measurement, you have you have those different features from the mole, and then you want it to tell you yes or no. So this is this is how uh, companies most companies really use machine learning. They apply this to all their different business problems. They might be feeding in uh, customer transaction data and want to predict um, want to predict who's their their most valuable customer based on different habits of the customer. They might uh, be applying this in the computer vision fields. They might have an image that they want to detect uh, and classify as um, whether or not someone's happy or sad. They might want to predict where the, uh, the stock market is going based on historical uh, charts of some of the indexes that are out there so kind of the objective is taking these different features and trying to predict a label so a yes or a no uh, but you know, of course that can be different depending on what you use it for this new type of model the GAN which was developed in 2014 by some exceptionally smart folks out of the University of Montreal, uh, Ian Goodfellow and Joshua Bengio. These guys are the rock stars of machine learning right now. And what the GAN does is it flips that process. So instead of going from features, height, width, irregularity, color, to labels, yes this is cancerous, no it's not, it gets fed in that same data set and then tries to go from labels to features so it goes the other direction. It tries to generate new rows in the data set that look exactly like the other rows. They won't have the same values but they'll blend in that's the key for, for these GANs, is they want it to blend in with those other rows. Something that, if you were looking at that data, you wouldn't say, oh, what the, what the heck is that? Let's throw that data point out. It tries to create new data that blends in with the other existing real data. Game changer. So there's, there's two parts to this model. There's a generator, and there's a discriminator. So let's talk about the generator. When the training data gets fed in, let's say we feed in that exact same data set into the, the GAN. It's going to take a look at uh, 
all the different features, all the different labels, and then it's going to say, okay, let's try to predict the features for the, yes, it's cancerous, no, it's not cancerous, labels. So it's going to do that by initializing as essentially a random guess. So the first, first loop through, it tries to generate row 1001 because we had we had a thousand real measurements from patients by doctors it's going to try to generate row 1001 it's going to start off those different columns as random guesses it's going to be let's say it's it's 0 0.5 all the way across it's going to start off with random guesses at first if you're scrolling through the spreadsheet and you're looking at the different rows, you come across row 1001, you would say, this is what the heck is this? This is weird. Let's throw that data point out. It does not blend in with the rest of them. This is the first pass through the GAN. At first, it's really easy to tell that it's fake. The next part of the GAN, besides the generator, is the discriminator. And what the discriminator does is it tries to discriminate between real actual data and the fake data. So the fake data is that generated row 1001. At first the discriminator has a really easy job. Row 1001 is not even close to any of the other rows. So that tells apart real from fake. Now amplify this and add compute power and let this loop through thousands and thousands of times per second and give it the objective of tweaking the values in the columns of that fake row that we added so that the discriminator cannot tell the difference. So the next loop through the height, width, irregularity, and color look a little bit more like the real data. The discriminator then has a little bit harder of a job. It says, oh, okay, I think it's still fake, uh, but it's looking a little closer. Next pass through gets better. Next pass through gets better. Do this thousands and thousands of times a second. What you end up with eventually is a new row of data that the discriminator cannot tell the difference between that and the real data. So what you end up with is something generated that looks very, very similar to the original. And that is the revolution of this, uh, this most recent breakthrough called the GAN. This is, this is huge, and many have said it's one of the biggest breakthroughs in machine learning in the last decade. And, you know, probably before that was the development of the neural, the original uh, machine learning neural network. Um, so this, this is huge. It's going to allow, essentially, re being able to create new training data that looks similar to your real data. So in cases where you don't have enough training data, you can use this and, and get more. Um, you can, it's really, you know, it's really a step forward 
in having machine learning be being able to think for itself and generate its own content and it's a it's a big step forward in terms of the artificial general intelligence revolution so really looking forward to seeing how the GAN is applied in the coming years. I think it really can be applied in almost any industry. Um, you know, as we want machine learning to be able to take over more and more tasks and, you know, it can, it can now do kind of creative things as well, if it can generate its own, uh, content. So the GAN game changer cannot wait to see where it gets used. And I'm really happy that I devoted a full episode of uh, AI Buzz to that, uh, describing that model. And thanks so much for listening. And I'll be back very, very soon with another episode. Some more awesome machine learning stories for you. This is another episode of AI Buzz. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Nick. Bye.